Welcome to the Business as Mission podcast, dedicated to those who long to see God glorified in business and the nations reached for Christ. Your host is Mike Bayer, longtime BAM leader and founder of Third Path Initiative, an online education resource for starting and growing BAM businesses around the world. Welcome to BAM Stories, the Business's Mission podcast. And we are really excited about today's episode because we have six ladies from uh, Kenya. They're in Nairobi. They're a part of Empower Hope and what God is doing there. And so we're going to let them tell their stories more than anything else. But to kick us off, we'll have Bob Cook, the founder of Empower Hope, do a quick introduction. And then we will turn to the ladies and let them tell us what God is doing in them, through them, and through Empower Hope in, in Nairobi. Bob, welcome again. Glad you're back. It's good to see you. I have sitting around the room uh, six young women uh, who have uh, demonstrated uh, Christ's faithfulness in their lives, their personal commitment and growth to themselves, to their families, and now to their vocational pursuits. So what I'm going to do is rather than my introduce them to you, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves to you. And I'm starting not with the oldest person, but with the oldest person with Empower Hope. Her name is Phyllis Kamau. I will share one little piece as it relates to Phyllis, and I'm sure she's going to share that in her story. And it is when Empower Hope realized that we needed to become an organization in Kenya. Uh, You naturally have to hang your hat somewhere. And so we began to consider where could we locate and it was at an opportune time in terms of business of Phyllis's business decisions and so Phyllis and her law office became our Empower Hope office. So she was the individual that that housed us. We sort of co-leased the property and we we outgrew that rapidly but we did not outgrow Phyllis. So I'm going to have her introduce herself to you she can share a little bit about yourself and, and then uh, we can go around the room. That's perfect. So good morning, Phyllis, and welcome to the show. Good morning. And really, thank you for welcoming us to the show and me. Yes, my name is Phyllis Kamau, as Bob says, and I love the Lord. I'm saved. And I'm an attorney, as, as he says, you know, how we are referred in the U.S., but here in Kenya, I'm an advocate. And uh, yeah, so good to, to have this chat with you this morning. Good. Do you want to just, let's pass it around the room and let everybody introduce themselves and we'll circle back and hear a little bit more of the story. And for those of you who are not familiar with Kenyan history, when Phyllis says she's an advocate, that's a, an old British term. They don't use the term the way we do, uh, but it means essentially the same thing. Thank you, Phyllis, and, and glad to have you on board. All right, let's keep going. Hi, how are you? Good. Good to have you. Good. To have, uh, thank you so much. My name is Nyambura Kemani Kamau. Kemani is my dad. Kamau is my husband. I'm a family lady with one girl. I work for PCM Green Circle Saving and Credit. We do savings and credit. So we pull members' deposits, then we advance loans. That's basically what I do. So kind of, I guess, in, in a sense, a, a credit union in the, in, in the U.S. for most of our audience. So fantastic. Such a, that's so needed. Okay, let's just keep the introductions going. This is great. Good morning, at least from my perspective. Good morning. Good afternoon to you. 
Good morning to you. My name is Lucy Kamau. I am the firstborn in a family of six. I'm married and I have one daughter. I'm currently teaching in a school. I'm a high school teacher. Fantastic. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. My name is Anne Wamboy or Anne Shanti Wamboy. That's what Bob calls me every time. I'm a mother of two, a girl and a boy, nine years and four years. And I'm an entrepreneur, currently designed a new salon called Malika Beauty Hub. Yep. Fantastic. Now, has Bob been to your salon yet? Not yet. Because, <laughs> and, I, and I purposely got a haircut before I came in case Anne asked me. I wanted her to cut my hair so I could say, no. Yeah, there you go, exactly. <laughs> uh, good morning, and it's a pleasure being here this morning. My name is Victoria Kingori, one of one half of the Ambatana Partnership and Ambatana Mana Partnership. I'm single and I've been in hospitality for three years. That's where I met Bob and the team. And yeah, that's briefly about me. Your mom. Oh <laughs> come from a small family. It's just me, my mom and my sister. We are really close. My sister has uh, amazing kids and I'm blessed to be their auntie. And yeah, yeah. they keep me quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Thank you for being here. And finally, we have an American Kenyan woman whose daughter is an American citizen whose mother longs to come to America. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I am Elizabeth Ndegwa. I am very much 100% Kenyan, so I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I am born again. I'm married to one man. I don't know about the rest of them who said they were married, but I'm married to one man. I have one daughter who's 12, going on 30, and it's a pleasure being here. <laughs> good. It's good to have all of you. Thank you. And I do appreciate the clarification about the one husband. So that's... <laughs> yeah. now, this country, that becomes very important. Uh, no doubt. It's a global thing. So for, for, uh, for those of you who do want to come to America, I can tell you, I want to come to Kenya. So we've got something in common. You got a spot. Now, hopefully that will not be too long in the future. So let's get started. The purpose of BAM Stories really is to hear what God is doing around the world. It's really not about what Westerners are doing or what Americans are doing. It's what God is doing in, in lives and, and especially what's happening in Empower Hope and the ambassadors and the, the businesses that are started in Ambatana Manor. All of these things are things that God is doing through really an international partnership. You've got some Americans involved, you've got some Kenyans involved, other nationalities involved, and it's just a it's a phenomenal story. So let's just, if you guys would, take a minute or two and, and talk about, I don't want to say before and after, but talk about a little bit of your journey in, into Christ and into the whole Empower Hope circle. And, and then what, how do you feel God is using you right now in, in the Kenyan situation and what's going on there? So I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first. We'll make a free-for-all out of it. I'll go first. My journey with Christ is a long journey. I gave my life to Christ when I was in high school. And I think I was in the second year grade when I gave my life to Christ. And I started uh, my journey in salvation. And I did it through university throughout my life. But when I met Empower Hope 
I was going through a long spiritual journey. I was feeling I needed to recommit my life to God because when you start career and, uh, and work, you get a bit distracted. You're moving from mm. city to city. You are not yet settled anywhere. And so I was looking for a church and I, I really fasted and I asked God to place me in a church because when we come to the city to work, we leave our churches at home. And so when you are in the city, you're trying to look for a church. And God led me to Ridgeways Baptist Church. And I started attending Ridgeways Baptist Church around 2014. And I kept going on. I worked through to become a full member in 2015. And so by 2016, I was well planted in the church. I was attending the district. I was part of a Bible study group. And so in our Bible study group, we were, we were structured in a, in a district. And in our district, one of the areas of our members were coming from the slum where Empire Hope does its activities. And so I started to notice that when we go for these district meetings, the people from the slums, they don't come for the meetings and especially Bible study. So one day I asked one of them, uh, why don't you attend Bible study? Then they said, in our community, we don't have electricity at night or it's unsafe, so we can't, because Bible studies are done, you know, around in the evening, around 7.30. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy for us. And, and then I said, but why don't you come to our own Bible study and drive you home? We can make sure you are safe when you get home. But maybe you should come and attend our Bible study. I said, you know what? And they were young people. So I said, we are young as well. You know, you will, you will really fit within us. And so they came to our Bible study and uh, we began to integrate with them. Then one day, one of them tells me there's this thing happening in the slums. There's this thing that we do with children called hoo-ho, hands up holding others. And it's such a, you know, a really nice thing. And I said, okay, I'd like to attend. And so that is when I went, and uh, at that time, Bob had traveled to Kenya. That was 2016 in August. And uh, I attended the first Huho camp. And it was also at that time that I had been going through also a journey in terms of my professional life. And I, I was feeling, I was believing that God had wanted me to do business. I'd wanted to do business for such a long time to go out and start my own law firm. But there was never a good opportunity. There was never enough resources. Because before that, I was working for Safaricom. I was an in-house corporate commercial lawyer. So I was working for Safaricom. It's one of the biggest telecommunication companies around here in this country. But I still had a big desire to go into business. And that particular year, I had actually set up all funds and resources and decided that God is going to lead me to this journey. And I took up office space. I paid for rent. And in fact, my lease began in September. It was a month after I met Bob that I had <laughs> committed to a lease. I didn't know where the clients were going to come from. I didn't know whether I was going, I didn't even, I was fearing leaving this big company to go and set up my own business. And I didn't know, but I knew that God had spoken to me. And I remember one of the things I told God is I wanted my business to be used for his purpose. Mm -hmm. And honestly, at that time, I even didn't understand proper purpose. I've come to understand business for purpose, you know, through Bob. All I knew is that I, I, I just wanted that God would use this business for his glory. And look at how God is faithful. The first client that really walks into my <laughs> business 
without really even knowing what I wanted to do is Bob. And so we began the journey. I think we'll talk about it a bit later, but that that's really how divinely God connected me to Empire Hope and the rest has been history to date. So that, that, yeah. That's such a great journey because you, you hear in that the whole idea of God calling you into business, right? It's not just something you came up with. You felt clearly he was calling you in that direction, wanted to connect you to what he was doing, his purpose, and the way he orchestrated every detail, right down to sharing the office with Bob and Empower Hope. And for any of us, that's such an encouragement to come back to how God orchestrates the things we need to have happen in our hearts and minds and our circumstances. So that's fantastic. Congratulations, Bob, on a great partnership there. (laughs) Okay, who's next? I'm Kamal here. My journey in Christ. Uh, First of all, I was born and brought up in a Christian family. I come from the neighborhood. It's called Gidogoro Slam. I was brought up in a Christian family, Catholic setting. So I found myself in church, doing everything, church school, everything. But when I was in class seven, there was a new church which was established uh, in our locality called PCA. It's a Presbyterian Church of East Africa. And I felt like that is where I belong. So I moved out from the Catholic. I joined PCA. I worked with them till I finished my high school. When I finished my high school, I didn't perform as I expected. Having been among the top students in the primary school, so I was expected maybe to score still top in KCSE. And so I scored a B. I got frustrated. I was just there in the village. I was looking to going back, repeat form for, but there were no fans. And so I was there serving in church as a youth chair. And uh, one group in that church, PCA, called the Social Responsibility Group, identified me. And so they requested whether I would love to continue with my studies. And of course, I said yes. So they were able to sponsor me. I did a diploma in business management through the scholarship of the church, the PCA church. And later when I finished, it was a two-year course. I finished and then back to the village, frustrated. And they established Staco. I applied. When I went for the interviews, I passed. And I saw the ad because I had did business management. I decided now I need to go to accounting. I started doing my CPAs. Now I had the funds I could be able to finance myself. So I did a CPA, Certified Public Accountant, and finished in 2016. That is when I met Bob. He has been a friend. Before that, he was a friend of my husband, who is a full-time employee of Empower Hope. Let me interject something so we have a point of reference. I think you knew you had asked me how I got to Kenya and what kept me there. It was the seven men that we have already talked about. Uh, Mm -hmm. Frederick happened to be one of those men. And uh, so Frederick and I had the journey. Uh, I have not gotten as close to Anne as Frederick has, unfortunately, because Frederick married her. But beyond (laughs) all of that, that's how our relationship (laughs) began. And it began and has continued. So it is important to realize 
that this woman is one of the spouses of those seven men. Now that's great so, context. And congratulations on marrying Frederick and not Bob. <laughs> and uh, when I met Bob, life has never been the same again. Started encouraging, encouraging me together with Sharon. And uh, 2017, they offered to take me back to school to study finance. Because where I work, I manage money, we sell money. And so it was a great opportunity for me. So I joined Kenya College of Accountancy, where I did Bachelor's of Commerce, Finance Option, and graduated last month with Congratulations. The honors in finance. Yeah, and it wasn't just graduating, it was graduating with first class honors. And yeah. I, I want to reinforce is that Anne is like most of the women in Githagaro and Haruma. They come from difficult backgrounds, but when you have an opportunity and then you have a personality type like Anne, who was determined to be different and to be able to uh, support herself, then this she's the product of the ultimate end result of individuals or an organization that comes alongside one person. If you can change one person's life, you will change their family's life. So you should talk about which level you are in your family. Are you the oldest, the youngest, your what daughter? I come from a large family, a family of 12 siblings. Oh my. <laughs> My dad uh, passed away, went to be with the Lord in 2012, when I had just finished my diploma. And so we live, they live, they all live in Gidogoro, but myself, I left Gidogoro. My mom is a farmer. She does dairy cows. So I'm grateful. <laughs> and I would just add one final piece to that. Sharon and I had the, have had the privilege of visiting some of our ambassadors and their families. And Anne happened to be the target of Frederick. And so because Anne was the target of Frederick, then naturally Bob and Sharon were concerned about who is Anne and who is Anne's family. So we had the privilege and it was the most phenomenal experience we went to visit Anne's mom, not realizing we were getting Anne's mom, Anne's brothers, Anne's aunts, Anne's everybody's. And it was a phenomenal experience. It doesn't matter where you live. It matters how you live and who you live for. And I could see right in the beginning the quality of Anne's family, and especially her mom, who uh, could not speak English well, but she communicated by virtue of her body movement, her eyes. It was a good experience. You know, Bob, you said something a minute ago, which really struck me that, that the, the intersection of opportunity and personality, because you can lay opportunity out and, and some people will walk right by, but others see it, feel it, grasp it and make something of it. And that, that's, that's a great way of thinking about what God is doing. He's laying out the opportunity, but it's also got to be the spark within the person that says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I would add one more piece, and this is for the girl's sake, probably more than yours and mine, Mike, and that is that you are correct. 
that you have to have a certain determination. And when you grow up in a community that is marginalized, that, that poverty is real, what happens is people can tend to take on the reflection of that community and meaning they're poor. So therefore they think they are poor in all areas of life. The yeah. good thing that Ann had, and she told you about, um, about it was she had a dad. So the dad set a tone. She had a mother. The mother set a tone. The siblings around her set a tone. And so she didn't have to fight, if that's the right word, with getting the slum out of her as much as some of our young people have had to do. And then once it's out, then they get on that same basic path that Anne is on, realizing, wow, God created me with significant value. It changed my life and their lives and for God. That is absolutely spot on, Bob. And thank you for sharing that because... You know, what we see really around the world, every country, not just Kenya, but in the U.S., the U.K., Asia, you name it, is that people have been conditioned for whatever reason to believe that they aren't worthy, that they have no real value in, the, in, in, what, in, the God, in God's kingdom. But once, once somebody's realized, no, I do have value, and the gospel tells us we have value, that's part of our message. We've got to be able to to let the world know that it's not just that our sins are forgiven, but we have great value. God purchased us with the blood of his own son. And that's so powerful. So I love that story. I love that story. I'm going to hand you off to Lucy. I want you to know why Lucy was invited, because there's a number of women that could be invited. But she was invited because she sits in a position of high leadership as a teacher. And so it's important to understand when we talk about business for purpose, you don't have to own a business to be in business because we are all in kingdom business. Yep. And so Lucy was invited specifically from that point of view to understand in the educational sector, she has immediate opportunity for influence, but to do so, one has to develop a character, a, a quality of education herself. So that's why Lucy's here. She's going to talk. So I'm moving in along. Fantastic. Thank you, Lucy. And we, we're going to come up with a new term. We, we, Bob talks about business for purpose. We're going to talk about teaching for purpose. Yes, that's nice. Yes, I had mentioned earlier that I am the firstborn in a family of six. So I grew up in upcountry, a place called Nakuru. And uh, that's why I schooled for my primary education level. And when I completed my primary education level, I was not in a position to move on to high school education. The reason was that my parents are small-scale farmers, so they were not able to pay for my school fees. So after I finished my primary education, I decided to move into the city, now to Nairobi City, and to work as a house help. I did that for three years. That was now in the year 2008, because I had completed uh, primary education in the year 2005. So by the end of the year 2008, that's when I moved to now the slum known as Gidogoro. 
It is where I met a person who is a well-wisher who asked me about my background and I showed an interest of moving on in my education. And so I got an opportunity now to go to high school education. Before that, I did not have a personal relationship with God. I, I have been raised in a Christian family, but I attended church because it is a normal activity. But now in that year, 2008, I decided to have a personal relationship with God. And that is when God gave me an opportunity also to join high school education. So I schooled in a slum and I, I schooled there for four years and I did well in my final examination in form four. She was the top of her class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I noticed, Bob, we have a lot of people that were top of their form and they don't want to say it. So I appreciate the fact yeah. that you're, you're jumping in and, and saying it for them. So I, pre I like the humility, but we're proud of you. Yes. It is at that school where I was schooling that I met Bob. Bob was one of the partners in that school. So I knew him up, uh, from that point. Then I joined university to do a bachelor's in education, which I did between the year 2013 and 2017. And uh, there was a well-wisher who was paying my school fees. But along the line, that person was not able to continue. And that is where Empower Hope came in and they assisted me to finish my uh, bachelor's education. Also, when I was in university in my second year, I started volunteering with Empower Hope, where we used to travel to a place called Meru to just be with the orphans there and to offer them what we have that is in terms of teaching them and just being there for them. So that was a great opportunity for me to also support underprivileged learners. I finished my university in the year 2017 and I had an interest of moving on with my education and still Empower Hope has given me that opportunity I'm currently doing my master's degree in the same university that I was, Kenyatta University. So I am underway in finishing that. So it has been a great opportunity to be with Empower Hope. It has helped me to grow spiritually because as an ambassador, we have been involved in different trainings and uh, seminars which have helped me to grow in terms of my leadership and also as a teacher. Fantastic. So I, I, I have a prediction that when you complete your master's degree, somehow I believe you're going to be the top of your class again. <laughs> yes, I mean. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I have a couple of questions real quickly. When you're in your teaching ministry, so you're called to teach and, and God clearly is, is, is laying that path out before you. What is your greatest challenge? And what is the greatest, what's the greatest joy that you have in, in the work that God's called you to? Currently, I'm teaching in the very same school that I schooled, a school in Islam. 
So the challenges that I am facing as a teacher is that most of our learners, they are facing a lot of challenges at, at the homes where they come from. Mm. So you find that most of them, they are hopeless. Most of them, some of them, they are facing challenges like violence in their families. And basically, they lack basic needs. And so when they are in school, they are also not so much focused and so hopeful uh, about their future. But the joy that I have found in the work I'm doing as a teacher, it is that I've gone through the very same challenges that my students are going through and as a hope to them, I encourage them that yes, you are going through these challenges, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so the, their struggle is hopelessness, but you, your joy is sharing your hope with them. That And right, hopelessness is you, life is a tunnel. There is no light at the other end, right? But when you can show them there is, that's that's fantastic. So thank you so much. All right. Welcome. We could go on forever. I always say this. I love these stories so much. And we could go all day, but we're not, I promise. I'll end it right now because we're down where Shanti is. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say something that is really important to understand in the history. As around this table, Phyllis was one of the first women that I would have met. The second in line was probably Ann Kamau. However, it could have been Ann Shanti. And so I used to get coffee at a place called the Art Cafe. And while I was at the art cafe, you, I always ended up somehow with Anne being the um, hostess or the, excuse me, the one who poured the coffee. And I began to watch her and she was a project, if that's the right way to say that. And I say that respectfully because I realized, wow, here's a young woman that looks to me like she really is destined to be more than someone who pours coffee coffee her whole life. And so Anne progressed from that coffee shop to Westgate, which is where, if you recall the tragedy years ago, the mall. So she was, she went from there to there. And then along the way, it became very evident that Anne had greater aspirations. And so we got to know each other just a little bit verbally talking together. And so she started on a journey of trying to discern how she would go into business. And then uh, she brought me an opportunity a couple of years ago, excuse me, when it was time for us to look for property for Ambatana Manor. I had known that Ann's mother was in the real estate industry. And so that gave me an opportunity to be in contact, excuse me, contact again with Ann. And so she brought her mother along with a real estate agent to try and talk about finding a location for Ambatana Manor. And so at that point in time, then Ann and I reacquainted with each other. Long story short, she then came to me with a business proposal with a friend to go into the computer industry, which she began to do. I would say this to you that I'm gonna share a couple of things that are very important to know about Ann. And that is that Ann had never been on an airplane <laughs> and had never gone too far out of out of a comfort zone 
And so when we did the computer industry, it was called Ambatana Computers. Anne and the other partner flew to Dubai to purchase computers and then bring those computers back to Kenya and then sell them on a, on a sale basis with markup and so on. And then next thing I know, I find out that Anne got on that same airplane that she had been on for the first time in her life, got on that same airplane because we needed more inventory. And she personally on her own, without any coaching, any help, and without my even almost knowing it, she flies to Dubai to purchase computers by herself. And so this is the kind of determination that this next person who's going to talk to you is because she called herself, if you caught it, she said, I'm an, I am I can't pronounce it as nicely as the way she pronounced it, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So this is Anne. She's the one that's messing up the whole, the whole scope of things, but go ahead. <laughs> that's okay, Anne. That's what entrepreneurs do. Entrepreneurs make messes. So keep doing it. They also fix. They don't just make mess and don't fix. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bob has summarized all about me, but some of the details which I, he has not stated. I'll start with a, a bit of my background, how I was born, where I was born. And I'm the only child, a family of a single mother. I grew up all alone, but my mom had to go to the city to do hustle. So she took me to my grandmother in the village and stayed there for seven good years. Then later on, I came to the city to stay with my mom, where I started schooling in Nairobi. And I would see every time she's struggling to pay the bills, to pay my school fees, to buy food. But all in all, because at that time, she was just a laborer, and she could just fix each and everything to make that we eat and I school, and everything was okay. But later on, she got a good job started the real estate as Bob said and from there I was able to go to call to high school finish my high school join college did a diploma in business management and from there I started hustling I did get a job right away but I started hustling doing some small job I got a job in art cafe where we met with Bob in 2015 and he was always my usual guest like Every time I could just look at the door watching, waiting for, hey, where's Bob? So that because I knew today I'm going to go home with a good tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we became friends from there. Yeah, then he saw that I, there's something potential in me and uh, asked me what can I do except carrying a tray every day, like being a waitress every day. And I opened myself a... Um, started with the computer business. From there, I resigned my job in the art cafe. Started with the computer. Bi- I first tried with the real estate, and I saw, oh my God, this I can't be. Because in the real estate, you must start with being a broker, getting commission, and it will take time before you get one. So I had no that patient because already I was a mother. And okay, cut the story short. I was married before. Um, but the marriage didn't work. So now I'm a single parent, but mm. God has been so faithful by there to me. Being a single parent is not easy. Paying school fees, paying bills, 
Well, it's not easy, but God has been so faithful. So later on, I did the computer business, traveled for the first time to Dubai, and also went the second time all alone. And I was so now not new in the market of the IT business. But all in all, we came to discover that we have a lot of bills in the shop, in the computer shop, and we are not uh, able to pay all the bills because the margin of the laptop is very little even to pay the bills, pay myself and also the other things. So we decided to close it. Later on, I came with a business proposal about the, I always desire because I also, I'm a very good client in salons every time. All ladies are clients in the salon. So I love beauty to me. I love beauty and also I love fashion. So the beauty side came I really wanted to have a beauty salon. Even when a friend will come and ask me about, uh, and which business can I start? I always give them uh, of the idea of a beauty salon because I knew that one was a, was a tick. If you manage it well and uh, you get a good marketing and known in the market, you're good to go. So started at the, got a good location in, the, in Nairobi in a street called Biashara Street. And the location was not that easy to get because I didn't want a location where someone would come. And in the city, Nairobi city, if you hear a lot of stories, being mugged, traffic, congestion, and all that. I didn't want a location that was congested. So I opted to go to the uptown and I found a good place in a street called Biashara Street. So got the location, started the construction, which was so hectic to me, by the way. I've never done such thing ever, but... Finally, I managed to design the shop. I I came up with the ideas of designing the salon and uh, I did a lot of research, good designs. Yeah, and uh, probably Bob will send you some pictures of my salon, which is so beautiful. Everyone likes it. And uh, it's called Malika Beauty Hub. Malika means the Swahili name originates from the Arabic. It's called, it means queen. So I wanted a unique name, which is not English, but somehow a Swahili name mm-hmm. of the queen. So that's Malika, Malika Beauty Hub. Yeah. And that's me. That's <laughs> now, now we are, this is our third week, by the way. We just started this month and this is our third week. We have a lot of challenges, but God has been so faithful. And we, I did a dedication before I started the business. And I want to start with God and also continue with God in that business because I believe that I'm going to conquer my dream because that has always been my dream to have a beauty salon. That's fantastic. I loved it. When God puts something in your heart, it can take a while to realize it, but it will happen. He doesn't tease us. He doesn't play with us. So that's a great story. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving Bob a hard time. Someone needs to do that. The next two individuals, they can tell you about themselves. I'm not even going to give an introduction. I'm going to see how well they handle themselves because they have in front of them the word managing, managing partners. And that's sort of what Ann is and what we all are. But for them, they literally um, are managing in Ambatana manner. And so they can talk about themselves if you feel courageous enough. You can even talk about Amatana Manor a little bit if you want to, but we might not be at, at that stage yet, but they can feel free to do that. So Victoria is 
first, and what I would say to you about Victoria, that she would not say about herself, Mike, <laughs> is that every year, <laughs> every year in the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. the community here in Kenya goes to all of the tourist industries. This includes safari camps, hotels, any place that would be considered hospitality. And they pool and find who is the top representative in all of Kenya in the area of guest services. So Victoria will tell you about her background in guest services, what that means. But last year, well, 2019, she was chosen the number two guest service representative. Oh, excuse me. She's correct me. The third in all of in all of Kenya. Oh, that's, so, that's awesome! Tremendous. Hundreds and hundreds of people that would have been looked at. Anyway, Victoria, you're on. Do your thing. Thank you so much for that introduction. It was third. Bobo is like to say second or first sometimes, but I believe he's speaking to what we are planning uh, on the service quality of Ambatana Manor. So when Ambatana Manor opens up, I'm sure we'll be number one overall. But my journey through Christianity, for me, it began while I was young through my mother. My mom, we lost our dad when I was just three years old. At this point, they had just been married for five years. Mm. So my mom at this point decided she has met the love of her life and she doesn't need to look uh, anywhere again. So she decided to involve herself in church and get deeply rooted in, in service to church and service to ministry. So that's where my journey began in Christianity. She always made sure that apart from Sunday school, we're involved in this we used to have bible studies for children in our neighborhood i've been raised in nairobi in a place called ngumo it's a lower middle class type of area but we always used to have bible studies every week my mom ensured we are involved with that through to high school i got involved in christian union which also made my work in christ a bit stronger then went on to university in university, I did a BCom and business administration. That's Bachelor of Commerce and business administration. And I was lucky enough on my third year to get a what do you call it? An internship with World Vision. So for that, that was my first interaction with business for purpose. And I really loved that experience, knowing that my work is directly impacting someone else, someone's life. And I can see that there's actually a change in someone's life. Uh, coming from my work. So I always hoped to be working in that environment. Unfortunately, once I, I finished my, got my degree, I wasn't able to get a position there. So I got uh, a position in the export industry in marketing. So I did that for a while. Then I went on to banking. I did that for five years. Then is when I decided to join hospitality. Uh, I been there for the last three years. That's where I met Bob. And that's where I got my introduction to Empower Hope. Coming from when I remember my experience with World Vision, I was very interested in joining now Empower Hope, joining a, a, a company that is interested in not just you as an individual or the profit or it's very unique to find an organization that is interested in you as a whole, your 
personal uh, what you're bringing to the table, your Christian work with the life in Empire. I hope we do business. We do Bible studies, yes. And they're interested in you overall. Uh, this year with Liz and with Anne Shanti, we also graduated from Synapis. So we got a lot of, it was a four year course, four month course in kingdom business. That was also something really unique from Empire Hope that I really appreciate. So Mike, Frank, both of you are familiar with Synapis. And so what I would say is Victoria, Liz, uh, Anne, and then a young woman who is not here today, Bansy, all four of them went through that fairly focused academy that Synapis puts on. And unfortunately, they graduated about the week before I came to Kenya. Otherwise, I would have been there having fun. <laughs> well, and that, Bob, thanks for mentioning that. And Victoria, I appreciate this, that you shared that because really the whole global business's mission, kingdom, business for purpose community is working together to do the very thing you're talking about. And Matthew War, who is the, the CEO of Synapis or Synapis, is a good friend of mine. And it's just, it's wonderful to hear how all these different pieces are working together and not competing against each other. And you're a perfect example of that. So I appreciate you bringing that in. So take just a moment before we move over to your partner in crime and say, just give us a minute or two about Ambatana Manor, what the dream is. I know Bob's talked about it, but your background and, and obviously your recognition as a true professional in the hospitality industry would give us a, a unique light on what the dream is for Ambatana Manor. And there's Liz next to her. So these two ladies together, you guys go for it together if you'd like. Sambatana Manor is, it's not exactly a guest house. It's a boutique hotel. It will be an accommodation facility, high end, where it will have 13 units. And we aim to bring highly personalized service to our guests. And my background is in guest services. So that's basically taking care of the whole guest journey, ensuring they have a really unique experience experience when they come to us. So that's in short what Ambatanaman is. Fantastic. And, and just to, to, the, as I understand the vision, and it, first of all, it's not built yet. This is, this is something that's okay. being created, but it is, I would say to those of us, those listening to this podcast, if you want to think about all the best of the Rich Carlton and yet better in a, in a much smaller, more focused, guest-oriented experience from the heart of Nairobi, you probably are in the ballpark of what, what they're putting together. If you want more information, I'm going to give a quick plug here, Frank. If you want more information, please send an email to Frank F, as in farmer, Frank F at empowerhope.org, and he can send you more information because I know, Bob, you'll appreciate the plug. There is a hunt on for investors, and so a lot of our listeners are the types of men and women that would invest in something of this quality, this caliber. So there's my commercial. All right, Liz, we'll bring it home with you. Hi, everyone. So for us, as far as the Ambatana Man is concerned, it's the power of we in the pursuit of wow, which that basically means, Mike, that I'll advise you not to come here in July because I see you're very blessed with on your head. such things we'll get to know what you like what you don't like and we'll customize your state just like that so that way you can spend more of your money with us so, so you wouldn't put shampoo in my room would you exactly yeah we're cost effective we'll give you more of the sunscreen that's, that's, that's right for those, for those of you listening and not seeing the video here i'm as bald as an egg so 
That's what Liz is talking about. <laughs> My background is more in um, the medical field. I was at the. I went to high school here, primary and high school here in Kenya. But in college, I went to Kansas City, Missouri. I went to Park University. And then I went over to St. Louis Community College. So I was in the U.S. for about eight years. And that's where I just like Anne's story. I was also married before to another gentleman. And together we had this one child who's now 12. Her name is Kayla. And she is a bundle. <laughs> also, just like Anne Kamau, I was raised in a Catholic setup. But for me, for her, she was 14 when she changed directions. For me, it took a little bit longer. So for me, I was 16 when I changed and I became also part of a PCA church. And that's when I also accepted Christ as my personal savior because I saw the need for that. It has been a journey. It has been a struggle to say the least. I am a little bit stubborn. I have been told by my partner in crime here. So <laughs> I think it's so um, meeting Bob also was a blessing in disguise. And now more than ever, with everything that's going on around the world, he has really come through and Empower Hope as a whole, they've really come through for us. And we have not only been able to get something from it, but where you feel valued, you feel you're giving out something too. So it's not just about what you're getting, but you're also sharing. And that has made a difference. So like for my husband right now, the other day he was telling me that my, my skin has cleared. So it's the stress-free. It's corona, but I am stress-free. So because I'm able to give out a lot more. So I don't know. I just wanted to just summarize because I was the last one here. So I don't know if you have any questions for us. I think Vicky pretty much covered everything as far as the man is. No, this is, this is fantastic. And I, I really wanted to say thank, thank you for, for closing it out, Liz. And thank you to all of you wonderful sisters for spending time with us. I want people to grasp really the difference that, to begin with, that Empower Hope is making in Kenya, but really more importantly, and Bob has said this before as well, that it's the difference that, that, that maybe Empower Hope is making, but then now you're hearing about the, the difference that these ladies are making. And that's the multiplication effect. That's the way the kingdom works. Paul said to, sec, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, he said, the things you've learned from me, you know, I want you to pass on to faithful, in that case, men, but faithful brothers and sisters who are then able to teach others also. So there's this wonderful passing on of the blessing. And that's what you're hearing about here. Bob, I'm going to give you like one minute uh, final word because we're going to we're going to run out of recording space here. But this is fantastic. Ladies, thank you so much for spending uh, time with us, sharing your story. I know we've only scratched the surface, but it, it just it, to me it, and I hope to our listeners, it's so encouraging to hear what God is doing in each of your lives and through your lives to the blessing of others, whether it's a teacher or a salon owner or uh, managers of Ambatana Manor or working in a credit union, whatever the specific role is, God has his hand on your lives and it's just beautiful to hear. So Bob, you get the one minute final word. Bob knows why I'm saying that. <laughs> so one of the things I would say is this, that Anne, and, uh, Anne grew up in poverty and Kamau. Two of the young women here grew up in a very close experience in terms of not necessarily having a lot. Uh, Victoria and Liz come from two different vantage points to begin. But if you heard one thing float through here, there was someone in their home mm. that made a difference to them. And if you check the gender, you will discover that the gender is primarily a mother. Yeah unfortunately, for you and I and Frank. 
And so what I would say is that the difference in the model and the reason I wanted us to have this chance to hear from these ladies is that we have heard from some of the men and we'll be hearing from some more of the men, but our whole aim has been to get a young person who may live in a slum that even if they don't get out of the slum, they can be doing kingdom business because the slum is being taken out of them and they have a sense of purpose and it does not matter where one lives as long as there's economic empowerment to a degree that you can provide for yourself and you can provide for your family and children, what more in life does one need? And so Empower Hope's model is manifests itself in these young women's lives, in the men that you're going to meet. And the whole objective is to take and integrate discipleship, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. The mentorship piece is so vital because all that Bob has done, they may think he's done a lot, but all we've done is rub elbows with each other and learn from each other. I can assure you, even though I come to Kenya and I feel like I'm the president of the world because of the way they care for me, maybe they think I'm old, I don't know, but the way they treat me, but the reality is I've learned more from them it always is. That is the truth. So we're going to we're gonna say goodbye. This has been a fantastic episode. I'll let you know when it's coming out. Bob Cook, thank you so much for putting this together. Ladies, thank you for sharing your stories. We are looking forward to more time with you. And when I come over to Ambitana Manor, when it's open, I'll, I'll know, you'll know me because you'll be the, I'll be the one who needs the sunscreen. And I'll know you because you'll be the one with the tube of sunscreen to put on my bald head. But so looking forward to it. There'll be more episodes like this coming. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or driveventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen. Business as Mission podcast would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Anchor. Anchor is the free platform for creating and publishing podcasts. Check them out at anchor.fm. They are part of the Spotify family. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or tryventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen.